You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth are you doing here? Hey, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it. Hey, vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. Blossom, yes, Blossom. That's the only sad thing. I want to know what happens next. Right then. Doctor, whoever I'm about to be. Tag. You're it. Hey there, Earth Station Who listeners. Welcome to another episode, and we are continuing our tradition of our holiday specials. That's right, because technically, were they called Christmas specials, or were they just known as holiday specials? I think they actually call them Christmas specials. They do. That's so secular of them, you know? (laughs) And then then they would just stick Christmas in there arbitrarily. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, aliens are celebrating Christmas on the Titanic. Right, because that makes sense. Oh, because Doctor Who, of course. So it's interesting and it's going to be a lot of fun. We are going to be talking about the Voyage of the Damned. The Doctor visits the Titanic. That's right, folks, but not the Titanic you were expecting. It's a lot of fun. It is very interesting to see. And it should be very interesting because we had Kylie Minogue as the companion in this one. Hey, she doesn't do a bad job. It's awesome. It's actually a lot of fun. And it's going to be very interesting. And as you could hear, we have Mike and Mary here. Hey, guys. Hello. Howdy. So we're we're being a little more informal with it, you know, and now here's this and here's this person. It's just that's no, the holidays. Exactly. Yeah. It's Mike and Mary. You know they're gonna probably be all already started drinking. Oh god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got my bottle. <laughs> uh, after the day I've had, yes, we are drinking tonight. So it's gonna be a ton of fun. We are going to go back to 2017 and actually no, 2007. Uh, you know, yeah. gosh, you know, that's even further back, as well, we like to say. The brain's starting to go. Yeah, oh, God. And that's not even the alcohol yet, so it's even better. <laughs> and you know what? That's just called dyslexia. It's okay. 
It is good. No, uh, but it's interesting because we're going to go back 15 years and we are going to have a ton of fun. And, you know, David Tennant is just awesome in this one. And we have a lot to talk about with it. But of course, we want to hear from you guys at home. Feedback at earthstationwho.com is the best way to hear from us. And we, of course, want to hope you guys are listening, enjoying. Please send us feedback or, hey, even better, subscribe and like, as we like to say. That's the way we find out how you guys like us, how you, you know, what you guys are listening to, or if you guys are enjoying what we're doing. And obviously you guys are because we got the numbers to show it that more people are listening. So it's kind of cool and it's great. And we have a lot of Doctor Who to talk about in these off seasons, but we do have some Doctor Who news. That's right. We actually got some news. This just just this last week. And it's not five minutes after we recorded the last episode, at least. <laughs> Amazingly normal. enough. Exactly. And you know what? We got a new Doctor Who companion. And, you know, it's interesting because we have another, I'm assuming she is going to be a human from, you know, 2023 or some, or she 2024. Yeah, unless they and, they change things a lot, she certainly looks like a human from twenty twenty three. Exactly. Yeah, the uh, the pictures seem to suggest that. Yes. So, welcome to Doctor Who, Millie Gibson. Children in need. Without further ado, I'm not going yet. Without further ado, <laughs> we give you the Doctor's newest companion. Oh, it's exciting, isn't it? They're in there. Now, come on, we're going to knock. Companion, are you in there? Here she is. Don't, I can't believe it myself. I've had to keep it that much of a secret. This has been the first time I've actually believed it, so. It's incredible. Oh. I'm oh. so <laughs> What an entrance. How does it feel to be joining one of the biggest shows in the world? It's in the world. insane. It's insane. I mean, I'm so honoured that I was even considered for an audition, so that's enough for me. <laughs> but so you had to audition? Yeah. Out of Corrie? So yeah. So you've seen you in and thought, right, Yeah, in. why the hell not? See what she can do. That's amazing. <laughs> um, but no, I just hope I can, you know, make you all happy and, like, fill the boots of the other companions. Of course. Now, I don't know if I'm allowed to ask you this. Oh, go on. Can you, can you tell us the name? of the character that you're going to be playing. Is that allowed? So I will be playing a character called Ruby Sunday. Ruby, which Ruby is Sunday. Such a cool name, that. I was buzzing with that. That's a a is it Sunday with an A-Y or an A-E on the end? Like the chocolate You know what, that I can't tell you. I can't oh. tell you that We've not seen it written down yet. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. And, of course, just as an, an extra to give him a mention, because my daughter goes there, you went through the Oldham Theatre Workshop. Yes, oh, oh my gosh. My and I tell you what, I couldn't have got here without them. It was an, it's an, an amazing that. thing. Yeah. 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 We cannot wait to see you on the show. Oh, thank Thanks you. for joining us tonight. Thank you. So she is going to be playing 
Ruby Sunday. I guess the Rolling Stones would not let them have Ruby <laughs> <Yeah>. Tuesday. <laughs> yes, little copyright issues there. Exactly. So I think it's um it's it's interesting to see what they have up there and that they have, you know, the companion. Some people are calling her Rose 2.0. Some people are, you know, saying, oh, here we go again. But you know what? I'm going into it with an open mind. And for me saying that, it's pretty big, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I want to be positive about it. So, yeah. I mean, what can you, you can't tell anything by just, you know, a picture yeah. and a, you know, a short interview. She could be the greatest companion of all time for all we know. So, yeah, I will say, um, cause I watched the three, four minute interview, uh, that the BBC did with, uh, Shudi, uh, talking to her and they do have some chemistry already. Uh, I don't know if they've actually shot a lot of, like much together yet, but they do seem to have some chemistry, which I think is important. I know nothing about Ruby Sunday. So, you know, we'll just have to see what, what she is and, uh, and who she is and all that and get to know her. Um, I, I'm, you know, I, I'd make no judgments. Uh, I mean, yes, yeah, she's, it seems like she's uh, an earth person. Don't know if she's contemporary. Probably based on the, but we don't know anything from the publicity shots, really. I mean, yeah. I mean you can I mean, assume that, but we, we didn't see her in no. costume or anything. Well, so. exactly. You haven't seen her in costume yet because, you know, the pictures with her and Shooty together, he's just wearing a white t shirt and a brown jacket and slacks. It's not yeah, even they're, like, they're just wearing basically street clothes. So exactly. Who knows? And, you know, and but she's not a newcomer or anything. She's young. She's 18 years old, but she's been on Coronation Street, uh, ITV's Butterfly, BBC's Love and Lies and Records and the CBBC series, Jamie Johnson. So she's she has acting chops. So it's not like, you know, she's fresh out of off the boat or something like that. Yeah, she'll be 25 by the time we get to see the episode she's in. <laughs> touche, touche, Mr. Lord. You have a point there. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, she's she's pretty young. And uh, yeah, because she's blonde and blue-eyed and young, obviously there's a comparison to Billy Piper, um, which I don't know if that's intentional or not. I mean, look, Russell's not stupid, right? <laughs> like, I mean, he is bringing David back. So, um, you know, but I, I doubt this is going to be a retread. Um, you know, Russell's too smart of a showrunner, too, too much, too smart of a producer, too smart of a, a writer to just like, you know, give us a quote unquote Rose 2.0. Uh, so whatever, uh, Ruby is, I don't, I, I feel like, she, you know, if there's going to be any similarities to Rose, they'll probably be, um, you know, done away with by the first, her first appearance. Mm -hmm. People who've actually seen her says her attitude is more like Jenna Coleman's. She's that okay. type of type of actress. Okay. And so I could deal with that and everything, yeah, as long as they yeah, don't make great. her the, yeah. As long as they don't make her the most important girl in the world. Yeah. Her storyline <laughs> is terrible, but Jenna herself was great. Oh yeah. I like Jenna a lot. So, you know, and I've liked her in other things that she's done. So. You know, I think it's, I think it's pretty awesome and everything. So oh, yeah, I'm just going to wait and see. Exactly. But, you know, it's interesting because I know they made a big thing about this um, actress who was going to be playing companion 
you know, earlier, is she just for the 60th anniversary specials? Or because she's supposed to, I think she was the first uh, trans actress, if I yeah, remember correctly. Yeah, I think she's just in the specials. Right, because I think she's supposed to be playing Donna's daughter or something like that. Yeah, Yasmin mm. Benny. Yeah, so, because uh, I was looking forward to that and seeing that would have been a great combination with Shooty, and that's what I was assuming. Yeah, I was kind of surprised when they said, like, meet the new companion. I'm like, haven't we already met it? the doctor's companion <laughs> but apparently we apparently haven't, not so. nope exactly yeah. so it'll be very interesting to see but you know i don't see any negative out of it and i i'm looking forward to it and i'm hoping it's just the doctor and one companion i don't want to see a fam i don't want to see because a lot of times when it's more than two people with the doctor one of them's wasted yeah it sounded like it was only going to be one from some things Russell has said. And I hope that's true because I absolutely agree. We've had lots of problems with too many people in the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Russell does like his fans associated with his companions. So I'm I'm not holding my breath on that one. There's probably uh, a mother out there. You know? <laughs> it could be oh, like God, yeah, some sort yeah. of, you know. Uh, a family you know, member. But, uh, <laughs> um, some, sometimes it works, you know, for like, I, you know, you can say what you will. I think it was probably, as far as RTDs run, I think the the most clumsy or the most uh, contrived of it uh, it was was during Martha's time, because it does seem like the family dynamic with Rose and the family dynamic later with Donna was pretty solid. I mean, nobody out there is saying like, and we'll talk about him later, but nobody out there is saying like, man, what was Milf doing? Like, we don't, you know, we don't want Wilf in there. Hey, Wilf pops up later. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get yeah but i mean like that's that's the thing i mean he that family dynamic i didn't hear anybody complaining about so um i mean yeah the mother was kind of a shrill but but uh you know as long as wolf is there and as long as they have uh you know some cool characters then uh you know i don't mind a little bit of extra as long as they're not like team tardis right like i i do think i think we've talked about it like sometimes it's too like with jody's run it was just too too many people in there way too many oh yeah very much so i mean ryan basically disappeared (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah Yeah. well but it's funny too because even (laughs) when it was yaz and dan it felt like there were too many so it just i blame that on chipno so it's okay bad writing yeah yeah all yeah. right who had yeah. four, well four, okay who had five all minutes right, we and got, 38 we seconds in. And yeah now we got let's it move in. on <laughs> we got it yeah 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 right right so uh so yeah um you know looking forward to like i said i'm not ex- I, you know i can't get too excited because i don't think we're gonna see her until maybe at the tail end maybe a year from now if that like the earliest but or maybe in, like or she might be in the christmas special because he's are they doing shooting his first episode is a christmas special oh okay i didn't know they said that that's cool that's is that part of the three specials that they're supposed to be doing next no no oh that's that's in three and then it switches over yeah to doctor 15 can you believe it? it just sounds weird saying that 15 doctors yep it's pretty amazing though if you think about it and it's going to be very interesting. We also have to wish Doctor Who a happy 59th birthday. We're recording this on the 22nd, but as of the 23rd, it's Doctor Who's, you know, 59th birthday. Ooh. 
doesn't look a day over 982. So it's, like, <laughs> so it's pretty awesome. And it's, it's going to be neat to see what Russell does. And we're all in guessing games and everything. And we also have, you know, decided on the show that after the new year, we're going to do a live episode after we get through all the holiday specials. We're going to talk about the whole thing with the doctor and BBC and RTD coming in and then the addition of Disney and what that's going to mean to the future of Doctor Who. So look for that probably around mid-January, I think we decided it was going to be. So it should be kind of cool. So we got a lot of holiday specials and I'm going to continue calling them holiday specials instead of Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, so. it should be really interesting to have that discussion after uh, uh, Disney's got a new uh, CEO now, so <laughs> a new yeah, guy that, in charge. That happened so. all of a sudden. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's. Uh, I don't think it's gonna. You know, I don't know if that's gonna affect Doctor Who or not, but we'll see. Well, it'd probably be a positive effect. I think. Oh, oh yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, believe me, I believe that. Uh, full, full, my, full. It is a positive, big time. Uh, no, oh, no, nobody yeah. liked the last guy. So. No, no. Not at all. Not at all. And it's going to be very interesting, too, because, you know, you, I heard people, uh, you know, who worked for Disney were cheering when they found out that Bob Iger was back and everything. Yeah, well, I, so, yeah, I don't blame them having heard some of the stories about the other guy. So, yeah. So it is kind of really not only is it because, you know, Doctor is going to be on Disney Plus now, but. Also, it's kind of related because uh, one of the funniest memes I saw that come out of that story was uh, I saw it from Dan Slide. I don't know if he created it or someone else did, but he was sharing it um, that, uh, you know, if you want to explain, you know, the switch over and CEOs of Disney to, to Doctor Who fans, it's like when David Tennant takes over for Jody. And that's probably doing Jody a disservice. Uh, I think it is more doing, like it's more like RTD maybe, maybe, taking over for Chris Chibnall. That's 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 <laughs> what I was about to say. That's probably more uh, in line with uh, what the uh, was actually going on there. But uh, yeah, I think it is pretty. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the the parallels are kind of funny. Yeah. No, I agree. Maybe that's completely. where they got the idea from. <laughs> hey, that worked over. <laughs> on, they've uh, already you know. had a positive effect on Disney. <laughs> See, pretty darn awesome. So the only other Doctor Who news is, Mike, you had a book you were going to tell us about? Yeah. Um, for uh, Mary was on uh, our station one this week, and we did our annual gift guide. And uh, one of the things that I didn't get a chance to talk about, although I do suggest that you check out that episode because we all had tremendous ideas for gifts. I mean, I think my Amazon cart overfloweth <laughs> after we recorded that. Uh, but one of the things I, I sort of had on my uh, a list that I was going to talk about, but we didn't get a chance to, was the new uh, hardcover edition of Doctor Who and the Daleks, the uh, very first novelization. I believe it was an adaptation of uh, the episode, the story, uh, Doctor Who and the Daleks, uh, by David Whitaker. Um, the adaptation is by David Whitaker. Terry Nation's name doesn't appear anywhere on this, um, but it is a hardcover and it's got illustrations, uh, including the cover by Robert Hack. Uh, Robert Hack is a uh, comic book artist, most notably known for working with Archie Comics and the uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Even if you haven't read that comic, you've seen his work. If you've seen the Netflix show, because that artwork is on the uh, opening credits. 
of that show and uh he's just a great artist uh the the artwork that i've seen from this looks amazing uh obviously it's not uh, this is not a comic book adaptation this is he's doing spot illustrations during uh i mean for the whole thing but uh it's also got an introduction by neil gaiman so that's not a bad thing um it's a little pricey right now at least for folks in the states i don't know if that's because you know it's not available uh here in the states but it's like retail is like like 40 dollars or so but um, but it is really kind of cool. I mean, I haven't bought too many Doctor Who books lately, um, but this one does catch my interest, uh, again, because of the, the, the illustrations in it, but it's a nice package overall. That's pretty awesome. And, you know, I'd be curious to see what the artwork looks like and, the you know, just the general feel of it compared, because this was early on in Doctor Who and everything. And yeah, you know, the artwork is new. Oh, it is. Uh, the artwork, yeah, the artwork is new. The artwork was not in the original edition of this. Uh, so I, um, so yeah, Robert Hack is a contemporary uh, artist. Um, and he has, like I said, worked on uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, um, and he's still very much alive and well and and young, um, but uh, younger than me anyway. Um, so, uh, um, but he's a, a solid artist. So that's very cool. That is very cool. Um, we'll have a link to it up in the show notes, so that way you guys can check it out. Awesome. Well, I think that's it for Doctor Who News. So let's take a quick break, and we will be back, and we are going to be talking all about Voyage of the Damned. Hi, I'm Joe Heath. I'm Tony Heath. And we host the Watchathon of Rassilon. A podcast where we watch every episode of Doctor Who and then talk to you about it. It's like an idiot's guide to Doctor Who. And where are the idiots? The Watchathon of Rassilon, a Doctor Who podcast made by idiots. And a proud member of the ESO Network. Nice. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Christmas. So you travel a lot all the time just for fun why stand still when there's all that life out there darling come and have a look at this red alert red alert you are all going to die of Casterberus. I'm 903 years old and I'm the man who's going to save your lives and all six billion people on the planet below. Titanic, voyage terminated. Voyage terminated. Welcome back. Now we are going back to December 25th, 2007. That's right, folks. We are going back 15 years and we are looking at Voyage of the Damned, which is the third holiday special that they did for Doctor Who. And it's, you know, 
really grand in this in the scope of everything. It's basically like we said off the air, the Poseidon adventure in space. <laughs> and it was it was a fun story. It wasn't anything really all that new, but it was a fun, you know, adventure with the tenth doctor who had just left Martha at the end of the previous no, no, no. season. Martha left him. Let's get oh, that straight. Okay. Yes. Martha left him. That's <laughs> right. He offered her. her yes. Mar- Martha she, dumped his ass. Well, she finally realized that, you know, you know, he was still, he was still up on Rose. Yes. And so it was, it was, oh, it was best for them. And, you know, we also, then we got, uh, you know, Estrid and it was, it was interesting. And, you know, we had, you know, Astrid was an interesting character played by Kylie Minogue. It was time to throw in, you know, I don't want to say stunt casting because it wasn't stunt casting. Because she actually does a no, decent no. job. No, she was, she was well, good. I mean, that said, it was stunt casting. I mean, uh, Voyage of the Damned, if I understand it correctly, was the highest rated figure for Doctor Who since City of Death. And it was the highest viewership of any episode since the show's revival. Um, it was the second, mo- well, the second most watched program of 2007, uh, at least in the UK, beaten only by an episode of EastEnders, which, you know, who can beat EastEnders, um, which which aired immediately after Voyage of the Damned. So um, uh, they wanted big ratings for this and they got it. Um, I don't think um, any of the, of the episodes after this have gotten as much uh, attention as this as many viewers and at least uh as far as the uk goes and i know that you know we've uh talked about how that's different now and all that sort of thing with the way the ratings are are tabulated but still i mean it was a significant figure uh that uh worked for them no exactly it's true and the part was completely written for kylie minogue from the very beginning and yeah, so, I'm surprised she didn't sing in it, but I mean, there is some uh, some music in it, but and some singing, but she doesn't do any of it, which yeah, is kind she of interesting. Yeah, and it's funny. The song is called "The Stowaway," which is pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd be more cynical about it if she did a bad job, but right, she, she's actually perfectly fine. No, she was yeah, great in it. So, yeah, exactly. She got to get be green screened and falling, then falling and falling and falling and falling. <laughs> You're not the only one. No, she <laughs> definitely was not. Like half the cast. Yeah, they were falling all over the place. I uh, I haven't seen this probably since it aired in 2007 or shortly thereafter. Um, maybe scenes here and there, but I don't think I've watched it start to finish since then. Because like you said, Mike, it's okay. I, I don't love this, but I don't hate it. There's nothing I have against it. It's just kind of there. Um, but I was watching it this time and thinking, man. Not just for the holidays, but damn, this is a dark story. I mean, the last Christmas uh, episode that we, you know, the doctor has a dark turn for sure in it. And it's very dark. But this is just a a downer. Like, I can't imagine, like, being, like, around the tree, the whole family watching, like, character after character. Just you get to know them and then they just die horribly. Like It's like, the Poseidon the adventure, Mike. The Poseidon. Yes, but it's also a Christmas episode. It's also an episode that traditionally people watch with their families um, and the holidays. It's not, you know, usually they're a little bit more hopeful. There's not a lot of hope in this oh, one. No, now, granted, once, zero once, you, once you board a ship called the Titanic, I don't care where it is, 
um, yeah, you can throw <laughs> hope right out the porthole, right? Like it's just, <laughs> it goes overboard. Um, and I, and I do have to mention, not only we keep mentioning the Poseidon adventure, but this is not the spaceship Titanic is not a new concept. In fact, uh, you know, um, uh, Doctor Who alumna, alum, uh, Douglas Adams, uh, had a concept for Starship Titanic, which was made into a video game and I think, uh, uh, a novel by Terry Jones and everything like that. But I think it was primarily supposed to be or set up to be a graphic adventure game. Um, in which, you know, there's a spaceship Titanic and of course it has trouble. And, uh, as, as ships named the Titanic do, um, the plot is not, because I remember having the game and I looked it up too to refresh my memory. Uh, the plot is not the same. So it's not, I'm not saying the RTD stole the story, but the concept I think well, was out there. He stole it from the Poseidon adventure. Yeah. I, yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah. He, he, not to say, I'm not accusing RTD of stealing, but the concept <laughs> is, was, uh, a Douglas Adams, a former Doctor Who story writer and editor. And of course, yeah, the plot, as we've discussed, is very much like the Poseidon Adventure. So, yeah, it's not like there's a lot of new stuff here. No, there isn't. But, it, you know, the Poseidon Adventure, they were celebrating New Year's Eve. So here they're celebrating Christmas. Hmm, interesting. And you even had some similar characters. And it, it was interesting. And we did, you know, there were characters that you didn't like. There were characters that you did like. And... It was just, it was just very, very interesting. And I liked the concept, you know, overall. And it was a fun, I enjoyed it, I think, this time more than I did the first time mm-hmm. I watched it. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And yeah, I think so too. It's funner on a rewatch. It was Which is not, not usually the case. <laughs> No, I don't know no, if it's, it's because of, our no. bar is lowered now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because we've been through the Chibnall era. Right. There you go. There's another dig. Um, uh, well, okay, but then three, again, three and, I and a half I, minutes into the second break, got it. <laughs> if if I uh, if I go to watch this like tomorrow, I probably won't like it as much as I did today <laughs> when I watched it. So so uh, so yeah, I don't think it's uh, you know worthy of a lot of rewatches. Well, you need but... you need to have fifteen years in between the rewatches. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That'll that'll help. Um, I do think though that even though yeah the plot and story is very similar and everything like that, I do think the direction and the acting and and the writing, uh, I did care about all the characters as they went through. I did get attachments when people died, when characters died. I mean, I felt it, and I thought they did a pretty good job overall at at you know executing. If it yeah, if it was a tired premise, they still did pretty well executing it. I think executing it. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Usually I don't intend the pun, but I'll take it. You'll take that one. Okay. It's interesting too because a lot of the, you know, cameos in this were pretty interesting too because you had of course, you know, you had Russell Tovey in this one and yeah. a very young Russell Tovey. Very young. Mm, very young. And which was pretty awesome because, you know, I remember him from Almost Human. Mostly because he was the werewolf. Yeah, that's that's where I first remember him from. Then I mm-hmm. realized, oh, he was in Doctor Who. Exactly, and then of course we got the first uh, Bernard Cribbins, but he wasn't Wolf yet at this point. 
Yeah. He is unnamed newspaper vendor. <laughs> exactly. Right. But retroactively, they made him uh, Wilf. Yep. So it it was interesting. And, you know, some other of the, you know, actors in this were character actors you've seen on a ton of different shows and everything. A lot of them and, had done Doctor Who before. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Uh, and I think it should be pointed out, too, that Bernard Cribbins not only is, you know, would he be later on, he would be Wilf. But, I mean, this is not his first uh, Doctor Who appearance, uh, although officially, I guess it is. Because he appeared in, what, the second Peter Cushing movie? Yes. Oh, yeah. that's right. I so. always forget he was in the Peter Cushing movie. Yeah, yeah. very young, very young. Exactly. And we just recently lost him. Which is yeah, I mean he's in, he's in the sixtieth anniversary special, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be very uh, bittersweet to see him again next yes. year. Very much so, but it's going to be. I'll be very curious to see what they do with him because I know he, you know, he's been ill for quite some time, and in all the pictures that I've seen of him that they've posted online and such as. He's been in a wheelchair being pushed by Donna, I think. Yeah, he, he looks very, very frail. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, it's, it was great to see him. And it was just like, oh, it's Wilf. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and, and it's funny because, you know, David Tennant's doctor was expecting to, when they beamed down to earth, they were going to be, you know, full of shoppers and everything. And then the city was empty. And it was like, oh, because of the last two Christmases. And, <laughs> And, you know, when he questioned Donna in the very, you know, in The Runaway Bride, she doesn't remember any of those things. No. no. Yeah, that was definitely an inside joke. That was pretty funny, actually. Yeah. So it was kind of neat. And, you know, going them going through the, you know, the boat and everything, it was it was okay. And there wasn't anything, you know, all that memorable about any of the real scenes and everything. But... Other than that, you know, I liked a little bit with, you know, when the when the Titanic had gotten hit by all the asteroids and the TARDIS was floating outside. Oh, there's my ship. Right. Oh, there, <laughs> there she goes. And it's like, well, luckily, she's going to get sucked into Earth's gravity. Well, she's programmed, according to the doctor, to go to the biggest source of gravity. Mm-hmm. And it's apparently is in London. Of course yeah. it is. It's always like <laughs> Where else would it be? I mean, the queen was there, so in her bathrobe and slippers and with her corgis. Exactly. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. <laughs> I, I could have done without that. <laughs> I mean, this is actually kind of a weird mix of, now that I think about it, of sort of frothy superficiality and then tragedy. <laughs> But but he does do a good job of, of getting you to care about the characters who aren't on screen really for that long. But it does have an impact when each of them dies. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so RT. too. And 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 you've got these like you know this 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 uh, thread of the you know like so many things in uh, British productions are all about like classes you know the class the difference of the class system and all that mm-hmm. um, plus you've got corporate greed um, and uh, and all of that and and how you know corporate greed uh, you know l- the little man the little guy pays for it you know in this case like billions and billions of lives are going to uh, are at risk because this guy wants to just cover things up and retire. 
Yeah, he wants a vacation home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he wants it's, to blame it on the people who bought him out. It's almost as ridiculous as you know. To use another Douglas Adams thing, it's almost as ridiculous as like, let's get rid of Earth so we can build an interstellar highway. Yes. <laughs> hey, it's an off ramp for the interstellar highway. Yeah. Come on, get it right. <laughs> if the Vogons had showed up, I wouldn't even have been surprised. Yeah, you've got your little, uh, you know, incident with the Queen. Thank you, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> After just getting done watching the new season of the after watching the newest season of the Crown, I take offense to that. (laughs) (laughs) Not really, but it sounded good at least. (laughs) But yeah, it that was just stupid, and I there was just you know her leaving, you know, walking out of Buckingham Palace, you know, at the end, you know, get her out of there. The doctor called as the ships heading towards. Buckingham Palace and you know her leaving the palace wouldn't have saved her life if that if that ship would have no, crashed not, not with that huge of a ship <laughs> no no I mean, she still would have been was going to be gone well if you remember from the turn was it turn right episode of, turn left yeah or turn left um the turn left episode that she basically you know basically London was destroyed when the boat crashed right. into it but billions of people weren't killed just everyone in london it sounded like right or a lot of people in the uk yeah right so it, it's interesting to to see and you know good old max would have been fine so it's okay <laughs> and uh it's also this is this story is also notable because it has uh probably one of the most visually interesting characters uh that uh, people can see is uh uh, Mary, you're going to have to help me out with this, the name. Bonacafalata. The, uh, Bonacafalata. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I wanted to just call him Bana, but he does not like that at no. all. No. Bonacafalata. So oh, in reference to him. Um, <laughs> yeah. And apparently he's uh, a cyborg and a member of the Zoshi species, I believe, which uh, we see later on. We see the Vinvochi, which are green-skinned spiky humanoids a little bit taller i don't know yes. if that's uh you know if they're all that way but uh anyway so we do see them again uh they've got that spiky resemblance kind of like um uh tom baker in uh um what's that what's that episode called the uh the story called the word the the oh, what, yeah, when uh, he became, the cactus guy what was it melos or something like that or melos factor or something Milos, like that right something like that yeah, I think. yeah. Something like that. Um, it was yeah, from what, the Red Doctor era, you know. I I try not to pay attention to that one. <laughs> that season of Tom. But yeah, I guess we do see uh, other um, characters like that too. I think there was some in Sarah Jane Adventures too, but I I ha- I'm not I'm my, I might I might be making that up. Well, you know, I think that might give us an excuse to now to watch the Sarah Jane Sarah Adventures. Jane Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to open that one, but we have plenty uh, of time. I guess it's better than watching, yeah, because there's a couple, right? There's two of them in End of Time. They're, they're like a scientist couple or something like Correct. that, right? Yeah. Correct. Medical cup, yeah. So, um, so yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm sure that uh, his figure, um, Bana... Bana Kafalata. <laughs> Bana Kafalata. Bana Kafalata. <laughs> 
Um, uh, I do believe that uh, his figure probably was was a hot item for a while because uh, visually he's kind of cool. I would imagine that you know, I, yeah, if someone gave me that toy, I would be I would be pretty happy with that. Well, they did have the tiny figure of him when they were doing the uh, Doctor Who figures. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes. I mean, I certainly you know that, that would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And they used to do that kind of thing, not like now. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> Right. Well, hopefully that'll change soon. But it was it was interesting, you know. I found it kind of like sad that the heavy set couple both perished in it, yes. you know. It's like really they well, had to she, she had pretty much given up after he went. Oh exactly. The ground gave out under him. And yeah. it's like I I found it weird that, you know, how they both went just like that because after you know i thought i forgot how they went i thought that maybe they were killed by the angels or something or something because you know because they couldn't you know because they were making so many fat jokes in this thing and everything about their weight about how they looked they didn't fit in and you know because yeah, they, they were all they were all targeted as being mean comments they weren't like they weren't used for laughs they were instead used for you know, to, as a, as examples of fat shaming. Yeah, oh, big time! Yeah, they they make it clear that that it was not okay. That yeah. that no, happened. exactly. I like the Van Ops. I like them better than I like Shelley Winters in, <laughs> in design of <laughs> it. The um, yeah, I mean, the dude Morvin kind of goes like off like real quick, like just just he's there one minute and he's gone overboard the next. But uh, I do like the fact that uh, Foon, right? Like I love the way yes, David Tennant sort of Foon Van Hoff. Boone, uh, uh, David Tennant is awesome in this. He's so awesome. Uh, anyway, um, uh, you know, I like the fact that they gave her agency. Like she decided to like, um, you know, take the angel out and, and, you know, and meet her maker as well and be reunited, I guess, with her husband. So I, I thought the connection between them was sweet. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was kind of bummed that they got, they were gotten rid of. Yeah, no, I was they, actually really surprised by it. I mean, they they have very little screen time, but you really care about them. I, I mm-hmm. admire that. And I will say, if you ever see anything in the shape of an angel in the Doctor Who universe, <laughs> just run <laughs> yeah, away. Exactly. <laughs> or any, if, if you come across any sort of robotic thing that's around Christmas, <laughs> just, just run away from run. that too. Exactly. Well, it's interesting because a friend of mine, when he watched it, years ago he you know brought up to me you notice that once the angels took off the halos they had you know devil horns pretty much Mm. because the two metal rods look like horns for you know evil so i was like that's a good point i never (laughs) never even thought of that no i didn't i didn't think that deeply about this either um so uh, and I don't know if Astrid is the first time, certainly the one the, the most memorable to me of a of a character that that wants to be a companion that you think is going to be a companion. And then like not even in the different like in the exact same episode, 20 minutes later, she's dead, uh, which is uh, kind of sad. But um, I, I don't recall that ever happening before. More since, actually. Right. Hmm. Yeah, well, I'm not. I mean, it's happened before to ones we just 
kind of thought would be good companions, but I don't remember it happening to somebody who's actually offered. Yeah, she's like, I want to come with you. And he's yeah, like, that yes. sounds good to me. So it seems like they're going to do it. Um, but uh, yeah. Nope. And, and, and Fate had other to, ideas. You get to see David again struggle with the fact that he can't save everybody. I mean, David's just so good at playing this this being that is capable has godlike powers i mean what else do you call it when he just summons the angels and just rises with them it's like holy crap like he's like a godlike figure and and yet uh you know i think one of the characters says like man anybody who can can play god and decide like who lives or dies there's like they must be some kind of monster right and it's Mm -hmm. like yep that's exactly what he is exactly and you saw it on his face a couple times and i don't know if that was foreshadowing to what's coming later or what oh russell knows russell's building (laughs) russell's building this i mean the last christmas episode you know he 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 had that too and uh, I think throughout the seasons you see that too. He he it comes it comes up every once in a while where he's like he's confronted with his own I don't know not mortality it's morality no his own power <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah. well I that's mean, a good way to put Brett it Russell actually understands foreshadowing and how that is supposed to work <laughs> yeah because this stuff does pay off later mm-hmm. and it builds yes. throughout the as the course of david's run it keeps building and building until we finally get uh water to mars really is where it really i think comes to a head so i wish the doctor would stop promising to save everybody because every time he does that it's the kiss of death you're gonna die <laughs> yeah if he yes. says i will get you out of this no nope. <laughs> That's I promise. Gone. Yeah, this particular one, anyway. I don't know if that's true for all the incarnations, but yes, uh, don't take uh, the tenth Doctor at his word, or maybe the fourteenth, folks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and I, I love that Foon called them on it. You said we were going to make it through this, and of course, I am sorry. I am so so, so sorry. And so, you know, we got his, you know, his catchphrases in this. I am sorry. I'm so so sorry. And what? <laughs> What? What? Yeah. And and Alonzi twice. Uh, Alonzi. Alonzo. Alonzi. Alonzo. He was so thrilled to be able to say that. I've always <laughs> wanted to say that. <laughs> it's so funny. What's your name, son? Alonzo. Really? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was awesome. So good at also... Um, you know, on the one hand, being surprised by things, but also being excited by things he doesn't, you know, expect or understand. Uh, I, I just, uh, it's a, he's a marvel to watch. I, 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 I love uh, watching him play the doctor. So I'm really looking forward to, and now when we watch him, of course, I'm thinking about, you know, 14 and things to head. And, you know, although I'm, I question whether or not it's a great idea to, to do this, uh, I can't not be excited for David Tennant returning to this role. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be interesting and to see what's changed or if he's going to be playing them exactly the same way or, you know, if there's going to be a change to the character because there's he has now, what, three doctors after him uh, in his in his psyche and such. Right. So, you know, he might not play them exactly the same way. Right. 
Yeah, I'm so. sure there's going to be some sort of twist. I don't think he's going to be just a copy of the 10th Doctor. Mm. I hope he's not. Yeah. Actually. Where's the fun in that, right? Yeah. Exactly. You know. So we'll have to wait and see. I'm going to be very curious to see what happens. Um, any other thoughts on this before we go ahead and rate this one? Wow. The silence is definitely. Well, okay. No. Mr. Mike, you got to go first tonight. One out of five TARDISes, one being the worst, five being the best. I'm going to give this one a three and a half. Um, it's not, I thought about it and I like it, but it's just not strong enough for me to give a four um, because I don't actively see, I won't actively seek this out to rewatch it. Um, and, you know, as we've talked about, you know, it's kind of a rehash of, 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 a plot line we've seen before for those people who haven't seen Poseidon Adventure, maybe it's thrilling for them. Uh, but, uh, for those of us who know the source material, it's kind of like, yeah, this is kind of fun to see it play out, but it's not really that original of a story. It's done probably about as well as you could do it. And I always like watching David and Kylie is, is solid. She holds her own. Um, there's some other fun moments in it too, but it really is, it's, you know, as far as episodes or story goes, it's, it's just a little bit above average. Okay. Fair enough. Mary. Yeah, I just, I have to agree. I mean, I hate to agree because I know it's more interesting if we don't, <laughs> but, but to be fair, it's just, it's a three and a half episode for me. Um, you know, it's kind of middle of the road. It, it 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 certainly has some things to recommend it. I mean, it's not something I I would say don't don't watch, right. but uh, don't don't get don't set your expectations too high, either. Though I mean, there's lots. There the actors are are all pretty good in this. Um, David's having a ball running around and looks and, good in the text, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yes, he you does. Know, <laughs> it's really fun to watch. So. I thought it was cute when he showed up at first in the purple suit with the dust all over it. And oh everything. yeah. <laughs> so you know it has it has it's tangential to christmas it really has very little to do with it i'm sure rtd was just like oh man i have to shoehorn christmas in there somehow exactly. so he did but um but, but yeah so i don't think it really needs more than three and a half yeah not not a great one to show a first time hoovian no no Future no, no they, not at all so lost exactly yeah. so yeah um Damn it, I hate agreeing with you guys because it isn't worth. I liked it enough to give it We're a friends. We should like to agree. <laughs> no, our audience members hate it when we agree. We're supposed it's like to have guys, conflict. It's like you guys agree with each other way too much on the show. Uh, but yeah, three and a half. I agree with what Mike said. It's good, but it's not great. Yeah. And it I don't I'm not running back to watch it or anything. I like the chemistry between David and Kylie. I thought that was pretty awesome. The scene where she grabbed the medical kit and to stand on it so she can kiss him. So they're the same height. <laughs> that was cute. That yeah. was kind of cute. I mean, I and, could have seen her as a companion. Mm-hmm. I, I thought she would have been great as a companion. And, you know, I was, I remember the first time I saw this years and years and years ago that I was actually disappointed that they killed her off and everything. I was like, mm-hmm. oh. And it's like, even now, it's like she could have jumped out of the, you know, the thing and yeah. she still shoved the guy off. But oh, there's the drama in that. But then we get Donna and Donna is awesome. Yes. Agreed. Because on to Donna. 
and everything. And, you know, everything we got with the next season. So it was pretty cool, but we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. What did you guys think of this one? Feedback at ourstationwho.com. We got next coming up, the next doctor, which is, you know, a fun one. I, I haven't seen that one in a while. So I, this is one I, I would be interesting to watch this one. Yeah, that, it's that funny. was not one of my favorites. See, <laughs> I, we're I, already I like... disagreeing on this one. There we go. There we go. See, I like David Tune Morrissey. Tune in. I like David Morrissey in that one. So it's cool. As the governor? Yeah, exactly. With the <laughs> eye patch and everything. Well, very cool, folks. Thank you guys for joining us. Of course, you know, we could be found up on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you find fine podcasts. Please subscribe and like and leave feedback for our station. We'd really, really appreciate it as we do. We also don't talk about it enough, but we have an amazing Facebook group where you post, you know, different Doctor Who stories, some artwork that we find up on the internet or, you know, find just discussions and stuff about it. And we have a great crew up there. So please join if you get a chance. We don't even hardly mention it at all. So please check out our Facebook group. We definitely would love and appreciate it if you could. And let me thank, of course, my co-host tonight, Mary Ogle. Thank you, as always, for being here. Oh, thank you. It was a wonderful time talking about Kylie. You want to talk about your um, website real quick? Maybe you could drum up some business for the holidays. That would be nice. You can find me at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. Awesome. And Mr. Mike Gordon, thank you, my friend. Absolutely. As always, it's my pleasure. Yep. However, we don't talk also a lot about our other podcast, Earth Station One, on the show, but we had a really awesome holiday gift guide. And the three of us were up there. We also had Kevin Eldridge from the Flopcast and our friend, of course, you know, Richard Yule, uh, from who used to be part of the network. And the five of us actually had a great, great conversation. We each had five gifts to talk about. And so, if you get a chance to listen to this week's Earth Station One, it's also up on YouTube too. So you can also see the gifts we actually got because we actually shared the pages and everything, the web pages and everything. And so it's a ton of fun and it's an annual tradition we've been doing for probably over 10 years now. So it's pretty cool stuff. So definitely a lot going on. And we'll probably have some news of some convention appearances coming up in the new years coming up soon. And we just got a lot going on. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. And like we said, join us in two weeks. We're going to be looking at the next doctor. Until then, my name is Mike Faber on behalf of myself. And, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon and Mary o Ms. Mary o Don't want to call you Mr. Mary O. That would be weird. Hi, who cares? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he, she, concept. them, whatever. She's it's been called concept. worse. Yeah, exactly. yeah, much worse. <laughs> exactly. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time on Earth Station Who. Peace, everyone. Have a great holiday if you're here in the States. Until then, spend, spend, spend Black Friday. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Later. Bye. 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 You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes.
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the T Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.